G'day friends, welcome back. Chapter 15 is out, we're almost at the end of the season. Uh, chapter 15 was, uh, it's called The Believer, and it's directed by Rick Famuyiwa, and it's pretty good. It's just pretty good. This is like the, the best filler episode that we could get. It's, it's probably just good enough to be not called a filler episode, but it is a little bit fillery in that nothing of any of any huge consequence or that is directly related to the main story really happens it's still a very cool episode though so let's get into it As usual, spoilers, obviously. Um, not a whole heap of amazing things happen in this episode, but there are some spoilery moments, so you've been warned. Okay, so in this episode, Mando, now with his new best friends, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, getting around on Slave One, um, which I love, by the way, go and collect Migs Mayfield. Bill Burr's character from last season. He's back again, and he's very good in this episode. Um, they go and collect him because he used to be... Um, he used to... He was he was in the Empire. He used to work for the Empire? I don't know. He was an Imperial. All right? So they go to get him because he is going to know a way to find out where Moff Gideon's ship is, and thus where Grogu is, right? That's their, you know... So they're trying to do. So they go pick up Bill Burr and they all jump into Slave One. I loved seeing what the inside of Slave One looks like. We've never actually seen like the whole sort of main area. We've seen the cockpit, but not the rest of it. So it was cool to see that. Um, I like when they picked up Mayfeld that like, he's, he's in prison effectively. He's in like a labor camp. For prisoners and when they go and collect him when he sees that he's got to go and do a job with mando and then this other mandalorian and a couple of these other people i like how he like he's like all right i'm gonna get out of prison for a little bit here probably end up back here and i reckon this is going to be dangerous he, he, he has this great look over his shoulder where he looks back out in the the Excuse me. I've been at work all day and it's quite late, so I might be a little bit yawny. My apologies. Um, he sort of looks back over his shoulder at the, the labor camp, or like the, the wrecking yard where he's working, and you can see in his eyes, like, is this better or worse than maybe dying? That's what he's thinking. And I like that they put that in. I thought that was cool. So he, he tells them that he was working... On this planet called Morak, which 
uh, as far as I'm aware, is a new planet, as in it's just been newly introduced in this episode of The Mandalorian, because I couldn't find any other information on it. And there is a Rhydonium refinery, which is just a, a mineral of some kind. It's a very explosive mineral. And, you know, it's an Imperial facility, and somewhere in that facility there will be a console where he can access, you know, the location of Moff Gideon's ship. So that's the plan. He's like, right, you've, you've involved me. This is the plan. So that's what they do. They travel to Morak in Slave 1. But, like, I'm, I'm sad that we lost the Razor Crest last week. But Slave 1 is so much cooler. I love that when you get in it to take off, Excuse me. I love that when you get in it to take off, you are lying... Like, when you're in the cockpit, you're lying down on your back. But then, when you're flying, you're standing up straight. Because, like, it goes vertical. But then, how does that work if you're in the rest of the thing? Like, where everybody else was sitting. How does that work? That's just blown my mind. Because if they start sitting upright, when the thing is flying around, they'll be sideways. How the hell does that work? I'm so confused now. Anyway, so they fly to Morak. Um, because certain members of the group will not be able to sneak in because you know, the Empire knows who they are, it has to be Mando and Mayfeld that sneak into the facility. They steal this sort of big, I guess, um, semi-trailer. It's like a truck with a lot of, you know, other sections attached to it. And it's, it's a Rhydonium transport. You know, they're just moving the cargo, right? They hijack that to, to sneak into the facility. While they're driving it to the facility, they get attacked by pirates when I saw that there were pirates hijacking the thing in this episode, I thought we were going to get Hondo Onaka from Clone Wars and Rebels. He's another Dave Filoni creation. He's a great character. He's a very, very funny character. He's like he's kind of like the Jack Sparrow of Star Wars. He's very Jack Sparrow vibes. But he's a pirate, and I thought maybe... We were going to get him in this episode, but no, but no. Um, the species of the pirates, I did not recognize. They kind of looked like um, Sacy Tin, as in Jedi Master Sacy Tin. I think that's how you say his name. He's one, he's the one with the big horns who gets killed when they go to collect Palpatine in uh, Revenge of the Sith. They kind of looked like him, but the horns didn't really look right. But yeah, I, I'm guessing that they are the same species as him. They might be some other species. I don't know. But yeah, they, they try to get hijacked by pirates. The pirates blow up a bunch of other transports and Mando and Mayfelds is the only one that survives because Mando defends it. And then when they roll into this Imperial facility, there are hundreds of stormtroopers, right? And they're all like, yeah, you guys did it. Yeah, they're like celebrating. They're like, yeah, you guys are the only ones that survived. And they like, you know, they're all standing out in the front when they arrive, shooting down the remaining pirates. And like, it's, 
It's like, oh, the stormtroopers actually came and saved the day in the end, and then they're all celebrating together. Like, Wee! It's kind of like, it's a funny little little scene. So they, they sneak into the facility. They find this console, and Mayfeld goes to go and use it, but then sitting in the same room as the console just happens to be another um, an Imperial officer who he used to work directly beneath. So he's like, oh, I can't go in there. I'm going to get seen. Now, the entire time that Mayfeld and Mando were sitting in this transport, driving it, before the pirates rocked up, Mayfeld was just yakking. This is pretty much like a 40-minute Bilber Star Wars stand-up routine, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's just him talking to Mando about whether or not he bloody takes his helmet off, pretty much. It's like, you should take your helmet off. Like, because what they did is they, they beat up, probably killed the two guys that were driving the thing and took their clothes. So, like, Mando got changed out of his Beskar. So he's not wearing his Beskar helmet or anything for most of this episode, um, which, you know, in and of itself is a big step. But then that leads Mayfeld to start talking about so can you take your helmet off as long as no one sees you? Or are you not allowed to take your helmet off at all? And you've just done it because of the special circumstances? Or does anyone, can, can people see you, but then they have to die? Do like, and he's just asking him, he's just talking and talking. And like, I really, really love how when they first get inside the thing and Bilbo is just talking Mando is just sitting there silently, and he's not even moving. Granted, he doesn't talk a lot, but I really... F I don't know if this is what they were going for, but I felt he was really upset that he'd taken off his armour, taken off his helmet. I, I Like, he, he looked pretty upset to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ugh. Just yawning so much that was my bad. Um, yeah, because he like he's he's not only just not saying anything and not moving, but he's like he's got this kind of sort of slouch going on. His posture's very like like I'm upset. Um, but yeah, Mayfeld's talking his head off about the helmet and about his ideology and like how you know you got all these rules until you know shit goes sideways. Um, and yeah, and that, and that all is leading up to this scene with the console and this officer. So Mayfeld goes, oh, I can't go in there. He's going to recognize me because Mayfeld just so happens to have left his helmet in the truck, right? So Mayfeld doesn't have his helmet on and Mando does, right? He's like, I can't go in there. He's going to recognize me and we're going to be blown. We've got to leave. Mando goes, no, we can't leave. I need to save the child. Now, to use the console, it has to actually scan your face. So Mando walks up to it, and for only the second time in the entire run of the show, we get to see Pedro Pascal's face. And we see it for quite a while. It's about five minutes where he's got the helmet off. And it's pretty cool. Like, I liked him having it off for a long period of time. Um, this didn't blow my mind. By any means, like I know that Pedro Pascal plays 
Mando, and I even know what Pedro Pascal looks like. But this is where I thought the episode really moved up a gear. Alright, so Mando's at the console, it scans his face, he gets a loca oh, he, he gets a location of the ship, job done, right? But then the officer starts talking to him. Because he's you know, he's kind of being weird, right? So rightly so, the officer goes up to him, you know, what's your name? What's your you know, what's your ID number? And Mando has no bloody like even if he makes one up, it's not gonna be right. So he just kind of stands there, just like, uh, 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 just not saying anything. Or he makes up some bullshit, you know, job that he has. He's like, I'm a such and such. And he goes, no, 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 what's your ID number? And then, you know, Bilbo saves him. Oh, this is TK12345 and I'm TK11111. Something like that, you know. And luckily the dude doesn't recognize him from their previous... Uh, work relationship, and then then the off yeah the officer goes, you guys are the one that survived the pirate attack. They're like, yeah, like let's have a drink. <laughs> so then they have to sit down and have a drink with this guy, and there there is a very good, very tense scene actually, like the officers talking to them, he's just, you know, let's toast to something. And then, you know, Mayfeld, which I like, I love, this is my favorite part of the whole episode. He goes, oh, why don't we toast to this? He says this random battle. I can't remember the name of. He says, let's toast to that. The officer goes, oh, you know your history. He goes, yeah, I do. I, you know, I was there. And it turns out this, this officer, he... They don't say exactly what happened, but he he made a decision. He made a decision that resulted in the deaths of thousands of troopers and civilians. Mayfield says between five and ten thousand people. So I don't know if he like blew up a city or a ship. He did something, right? And Bilbo's like, yeah. Why don't we like? He's sort of like getting a bit sassy. He's like, yeah, let's toast to that. Like, yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, it was definitely great for all those people that died, all those people that you killed, and he's just getting more worked up, and you're like, oh, dear, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And then he fucking shoots the guy. He's just like, oh, I'm sick of looking at your face, and he just blows him away. So then Mando and Mayfeld have to shoot their way out of the whole place. But before they do this great little moment, right before Mando puts his you know helmet back on, Mayfeld goes... It's all good. I never saw your face. Just like, you know, just, just, he, he didn't need to say that at all. Like Mando had taken the helmet off. He was taking, you know, he was accepting the fact that people were going to see him. But just, just Mayfeld saying that pretty much being like, you know, I'm not going to mention this or rub it in your face or anything like that. It, like I, I really liked that they had him say that. I thought that was important. Yeah, they shoot their way out of the place. Um, Fennec Shand and Cara Dune are sort of sniping dudes off the rooftop from up on this ridge. Mando and Mayfeld get onto the roof of the place. Slave One, Boba Fett. Oh, by the way, Boba Fett has somehow had time to 
give his armor a nice new shiny paint job and it looks so fucking good. But yeah, I don't know when, like, if they're, if they're in Slave 1, he's usually the one flying it. So, and like, it, it, it must have been a day or two at most since they lost Grogu. <laughs> but at some, some point he's had time to completely repaint his armor anyway. It looks really, really good. It's a much more deep forest green than the previous green. But yeah, big fan. And it's, it's got like this matte finish, which I kind of like as well. Um, anyway, he picks him up in Slave 1 and they're out of there, right? As they're leaving, a couple of TIE fighters start chasing Slave 1. And this took me back to the asteroid field chase scene from Attack of the Clones. The best part of that whole movie. Because of the seismic charges. Who remembers the seismic charges? The best sound design possibly in all of Star Wars. The the seismic the seismic charges that literally like suck all the sound out of the screen and then explode it back into existence. One of the most amazing weapons in all of Star Wars, right? And when those TIE fighters started chasing Slave One, I was like. Yes, yes, yes. Seismic charges, yes. And then Boba just lets one go out the back of the ship. And I was like, yeah, there it is. And it, and it does. Oh, it was so... Oh. Like, there, there have been other moments in this show that made me go, oh, fuck yeah, that was so good. I literally cheered like my team had kicked a goal. I was like, uh, like I put both my arms up in the air and I went, yes, because it was so fucking cool. To see the seismic charges go off again. So, so fucking cool. Uh, Like, just that moment, like, lifts this episode. A filler it may be, but it lifts it, like, out of the the lower tier of the episodes that we've had in the course of this show. uh, So, it made me so fucking happy to see that. I can't even describe it. But yeah, so they're successful. They get out of the facility. Bilbo actually blows it up on the way out. Bit of a fuck you. As you can tell he's really upset about... He kind of feels guilty about the time he spent working for the Empire. So he's just like, you know, let me just pay this back by fucking murdering all of you. And I like how it ties up almost all the loose ends. So everyone who saw Mando's face, except for Mayfeld, is now dead because they killed them all. And, and Mayfield was like, it's all good. I didn't see your face. So I like that simultaneously Mando's sort of just coming out of his shell a little bit, but he also doesn't need to feel bad about it. He's like, all right, so the only person who's left alive who saw me is cool about it. So he doesn't need to feel bad, but he's also just like dipping his toe in to what Bo-Katan was talking about and just like being able to take it off whenever you really want to. I like that. Um, and at the, at the end of the episode, rather than dumping him back in prison, Cara Dune, or Marshall Dune, now, actually decides to just let him go. Because, you know, she's really, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Like, he did a good thing, and he really helped them out a lot. But I love, I love that rather than, like, taking him to a planet that he wants to go to, or even just dropping him off, 
at a planet that is like populated, maybe his home planet, maybe a planet where he fucking knows people. No, they don't take it. They don't give him a lift at all. They just leave him there in the jungle on a planet that has like a, a, f- a few native people that they drove past and a destroyed Imperial refinery. Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, I don't even think people on this planet have ships of their own. Are there any ships left near the refinery that he could steal? What is he meant to do? Is he just going to go and live amongst these people? I thought that was really, really odd. Like, obviously, time is a little bit of the essence in terms of finding Grogu. But at the very least, just take him with you. He can help a little bit more and then drop him off somewhere. Like, if you want to do the guy a favor, don't just leave him in the middle of bloody jungle on some planet he's never been to before. Sorry, a planet that he has been to before, but that no one else ever goes to. Right, because when he first, when Mayfeld first says Morak, Mando goes, oh, there's nothing there. Okay, great, you've left me on a planet where there's nothing there. (laughs) I thought it was really, really bizarre. Like, I don't know if it was meant to be funny. I don't know if it was meant to be, like, practical. As, as in, like, they're trying to be pragmatic. It is, no, we don't have time. No, just stay here. You'll be right. See ya. So it was really, really odd. Um, and then the very end of the episode. So we cut to Moff Gideon's now, now known as the butt plug ship because it looks like a butt plug. Um, cuts to him and he has a little hologram transmission. It's from Mando. And he says back the same little monologue that Moff Gideon gave to him uh, back in chapter 8. You have something that belongs to me uh, that you don't understand. It's of the utmost importance, like something like that. Whatever the actual line is, he says it right back to him. And I like that. It's a bit of mind games and you can tell on Moff Gideon's face that he's just just pissed off because he... Like, the, you know, I think he's on a time crunch. He's answering to somebody. He's on a time crunch as well. And he is trying to get Grogu to Dr. Pershing to get the cloning happening or to just take his DNA, whatever the fuck it is they're trying to do. And he can't do it yet. Either Grogu is too strong or it's taking too long to, you know, put the pieces together so the cloning can actually take place. I don't know. But Mando is now on his heels. And this final episode, given... Like, I I thought the last two episodes were both going to be, like, crazy, lots of stuff happening, like the end of last season. But this one, like, it was good and some stuff happened, but not a lot of stuff happened. So I feel like the, the finale next week is going to be earth shattering. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing probably like 55 plus. I don't imagine they'd go over an hour, but I'm thinking they're going to be like high 50s in the length of this episode, like like the first episode of this season was. It was a long one. And yeah, that's what I'm, I think it's going to absolutely blow all of our minds. I think we're going to see whoever the Jedi was that Grogu communicated with it's interesting to see the slowed down footage, the you know, zoom and enhance footage from last week's episode, when you can see the henge 
the Grogu sitting in, in the background and you can see a second figure. So you can see Grogu sitting on the rock and then there's another figure standing there when Mando isn't up there. So, you know, did, was there a force ghost he was talking to? Was there a Jedi like projecting himself from somewhere else like Luke did in um, The Last Jedi? Like, was there someone else there at all? Was it just another rock and it just kind of looks like a person? We don't know. But I think next week we may very well see another Jedi, not Ahsoka, someone else. Maybe a Luke, maybe an Ezra, maybe a Cal Kestis. Could be anybody. We don't know. But I think it is going to be mind-blowing, whatever we see next week. Speaking of mind-blowing, we also had all these crazy announcements out of Disney and Lucasfilm today. The, I think, 10 shows that they have coming out in the next few years. That is insane. So there's obviously... The thing that excites me the most is the Obi-Wan show, which we knew was coming. They're going to start filming early next year. I believe the the estimated arrival of that will be mid to late 2022, which is still so fucking long way, but I will wait. And they've announced that Hayden Christensen will be returning in that show as Darth Vader, which literally gives me goosebumps. I kid you not. What they could mine in terms of that story is limitless. They could go into what Vader was doing with the Inquisitors hunting Jedi, how he was feeling, like his emotional state. But, and, and they can parallel Obi-Wan's journey as, the, as this, you know, becoming this hermit, really. Like just staying on Tatooine and protecting Luke, trying to hide from Vader, trying to hide from Darth Maul. Like, all this stuff he had to deal with. They could do so much. Even if they only do, like, an eight-episode miniseries and that's it. Gee, they could do a lot. There is an enormous amount of potential there. And any more Darth Vader that we get is a gift. He is Star Wars. Anakin is everything. That's literally what the entire saga is built around. So to get more Vader, the best character in Star Wars, is a gift. It's an absolute gift. Um, they've also got the Bad Batch show coming, which I think is going to... It's the next one coming out. It's going to be coming out next year, early next year sometime, like March or April, I think. Um, and that looks like it's actually going to be pretty cool. It's just pretty much... it's So it's going to be the Bad Batch, who we saw in the last season of Clone Wars, but it's going to be what they were doing after Order 66, I believe. Um, got the Cassian Andor show, which is going to be really cool. The Ahsoka show, which was a, you know, a big reveal, which is going to be awesome. So it's going to be a show based, you know, about Ahsoka set in the current time period, is in the Mandalorian time period. So it'll be about her looking for Ezra or looking for Thrawn, which I like a lot. So I now wonder if we're going to get much more Ahsoka in the Mandalorian at all, or we're just going to pick back up with her in her own show. I don't know. I hope we get more of her in the Mandalorian. And there was other things like the they're doing an anime 
Star Wars show, which I don't think will be canon. It's going to be like short stories. So it might be kind of like the Lego Star Wars stuff, but anime, I don't really know. Um, uh, what else are they doing? Oh, the, the, um, the marshals of the, no, yeah, the marshals, the marshals of the new Republic or the generals of the new Republic or something. So it's going to be about like Cara Dune and what she's been doing. Um, Rogue Squadron, I think they do. I think it's going to be a movie directed by Patty Jenkins, which is huge as well. Like Disney just went absolutely bananas today announcing all this stuff. Like we, it's like, here's what we've been organizing while we've been in lockdown. Like the next five years of your lives are going to be filled with joy and wonder. You are welcome. Like that's what they, like I was like giddy like a child again today seeing all this stuff and there's you know, there's also a bunch of marvel stuff like they dropped trailers for the loki show and the um, falcon and winter soldier show the loki show looks wild he's like an interdimensional secret agent or something it looks crazy um but yeah a lot of exciting star wars stuff announced today but the thing that you know tickled my pickle the most was the thought of hayden christensen coming back as Darth Vader, I that like oh, I I literally just shut my eyes and try to picture what they could do, and it won't even come close to the amazing stories that they could put together around that. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to you know subscribe and like, oh, like and follow and all those other things. I really appreciate it. Leave reviews. On your, on your podcast platforms. And remember, wherever you are in the world, to keep staying safe and all of that. Um, one more week. One more week of The Mandalorian, and then we are done. Which will be sad. But I do have one more big Star Wars episode coming before the end of the year. You are officially teased. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye, bye, bye.